Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is author and artist Bunny Michael. We all have a higher self and we can access our higher self once we start unlearning the false beliefs from our culture and our trauma that taught us we're not enough. So get cozy and join us as I answer listeners' questions and we all unlearn from each other's problems. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. are you feeling? Thank you so much for being here. I'm doing pretty good. I actually woke up this morning in a good mood. I had some energy. I wasn't bogged in anxiety. And it made me think about how there are some mornings where that really doesn't happen. (laughs) And I'm so grateful that I have a morning routine to connect to my higher self because Oftentimes we do wake up on the quote unquote wrong side of the bed. You know, those mornings where you just wake up and a flood of everything that you are anxious about just enters your mind. Maybe you pick up your phone, you open your phone mindlessly, you open up Instagram or something like that. You read something that gives you a jolt of anxiety. You've just started your day in a stressful way. Well, because life is stressful. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now that is very disheartening, very heartbreaking. There are things that we have to get done in our daily life, our personal life. There's relationship issues. There's all kinds of stuff. I mean, if we wanted to sit here right now and focus on all of the reasons why we should feel bad, it wouldn't be that difficult. But what we're trying to do here on this podcast and on a journey of connecting to our higher self is reclaiming our reality and reclaiming our thoughts, thus being able to live more joyful lives and create a more joyful world. So connecting to your higher self isn't about denying the difficulties of being a human being. It's not about denying the suffering in the world, but what it is about is connecting and grounding in your inherent power so that you can approach obstacles from the perspective of your wholeness and from the vision to see that love is everywhere as well. There is a lot of lovelessness, but often we focus so much on that we forget Love really is everywhere. People are so loving. People are so giving. There's so much beauty in this world as well. And we have to hone in on that because that is what sustains us. 
So in my book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World, I have a lot of rituals and journal prompts that you can use as part of your morning routine of connecting to your higher self. And connecting to that part of you really just takes some intentionality. Unfortunately, because our world is so loud and because we're bogged down by a lot of messaging that makes us feel not good enough. If we don't have intentional time of connecting to our higher self, who is our true self, it makes it a lot more difficult to be in that perspective. It really, really does. So we cannot just sit back and hope that it happens. We actually have to make intentional changes to make it happen. My morning routine normally consists of Waking up, okay, fine, I'll get in all the details. (laughs) I wake up and my partner is still asleep. I go downstairs, I put the coffee on, I light some incense, pinon or copal or cedar or something like that. I put on some music that is really calming or feels really spiritual to me. Lots of times that's just a playlist on YouTube. There's a lot of calming meditative music on YouTube. And then I read a little bit from a spiritual text that I happen to be reading at the time that changes. Sometimes it's consistent. Sometimes it's a different spiritual book, something that inspires me to kind of get in that zone. And then I journal to my higher self. And I've posted on Instagram before that I journal to my higher self. And people have asked me, well, what does that mean? Like, how do you mean you journal to your higher self? And I just want to say there is no right or wrong way to journal to your higher self, of course. But what I mean when I say I journal to my higher self is I'm I'm connecting to my inner world. I do a reflection of, okay, what's going on in me? What am I feeling anxious about? How can I see this from a higher self perspective? So Even though I say, dear higher self, what ends up happening is it's kind of like, I'll I'll write, oh, this is something that was difficult for me yesterday, but now I see that I I probably could have been more patient or I'm, I'm trying to process this happening. I'm not quite sure exactly what the higher self perspective is here. But maybe if I sit on it, so basically I, I'm just using words to process my feelings and it's not really well-written or anything like that. It's kind of stream of consciousness. There's no eloquence to it necessarily, but it's me just kind of trying to hone in on that higher self voice about whatever it is I'm going through. And obviously I'm going through different things at different times. And sometimes I just talk about something I'm feeling really blessed about or something I'm really grateful for or appreciative of or something I've noticed I've grown in a certain way, like some way in which I feel like I've grown. For example, this morning I wrote about how Kara and I, my partner, had gotten into a little bit of a tiff but I had responded differently than I normally did. And I wrote about that, just noticing that. So it's more of a time where it's not about 
one way of writing or another way of writing. It's it's basically just a time to connect to that inner world and realign and be like, well, let me find this part of me that acknowledges my wholeness, my self-worth, my self-acceptance that is a ritual where I can really connect to that compassionate lens, that lens of love. And then I always end it by saying something along the lines of, please guide me today through love. Please let love guide my choices and my voice and my perspective, you know, some kind of little bit of a prayer. So I know that wasn't very, um, maybe that wasn't very clear organized in how I describe it, but that has been my routine to just show up and just to write and whatever comes out. uh, The whole intention is to find that love within myself. And it really makes a difference in my day. And that's also why I wanted to do the affirmations, the higher self affirmations every week here. And I'm wondering if any of you that listened to last week's episode, if you use that mantra from last week and if it was helpful at all in setting your tone for the day or being a reminder when you felt anxious or had a thought that was bringing you down. Uh, mantras and affirmations are incredibly helpful to me, which is kind of funny because I remember when people used to say that to me, they'd be like, why don't you tell yourself a mantra or an affirmation? And I'd be like, ugh, that doesn't seem like it's going to work, right? It just seems pointless. And, and I, or I would try a couple times and it wouldn't work right away. So I'd be like, oh, this is ridiculous. This doesn't work. But I actually started really taking it seriously and doing it. And let me tell you, it really does work because just the act of it is giving yourself permission to see something differently. It's like telling yourself, I'm willing to see this differently. A little affirmation isn't so much about the words and more about the fact that you're willing to do it means that you're willing to change your perspective in that moment. And we don't realize how little we give ourselves permission to do that because we're not used to it. You know, we're not used to doing these exercises where we can reclaim our thoughts or where we get to choose which thoughts we want to give our energy. So yes, affirmations, morning rituals, there is no right or wrong way to do it. It's not so much about getting the form correct as more about the intention and the purpose of it. And when you say to yourself, I'm willing to see this differently, it is so incredibly powerful. So yes, and just so you know, in my book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World, I do have a lot of journal prompts and rituals and meditations in there that you can use yourself to help connect to your higher self. I came up with different ways of channeling your higher self, and I'm so excited to share those with you. If you haven't pre-ordered your copy of my book, please do. It is linked in the show notes. It's available on all book platforms. So this week's higher self mantra I will be announcing at the end of this episode so stay tuned for that and now it is time for our first question there is a trigger warning on this listener question it does mention assault and PTSD 
Subject, guilt, shame, and regret. Hi, Bunny. Love your work. How do you deal with a past experience in which you became someone you didn't recognize due to a traumatic event? A few years ago, after being sexually assaulted, I became an angry, miserable, destructive, abusive shell of a person. I have done a lot of healing and a lot of work to become a better person since then, but I carry around immense guilt about the way I treated certain people during this time. These were former friends who treated me poorly and did not believe or support me when I came forward about the experience I had and gaslit me repeatedly when I confronted them about this. I lashed out and wanted revenge and was very publicly angry and hateful towards those people. I realized how that despite the way I was treated, it wasn't at all right or justified for me to do the things I did or say the hurtful things I said. And while I was doing these things from a place of deep hurt myself, I struggle to accept myself now and often wish I could just disappear. I have come to a place of forgiveness for myself and those who hurt me, but still regularly find myself filled with regret and self-hatred because of how I reacted and anxious that if others found out about how I reacted, they would ostracize me and I would be left alone all over again. I feel like there is this dark part of my past that I can't share with others and that the person I am now is ultimately a fraud because of how different I am from who I was at that time. Selfishly, I also feel like my future is impacted and that I can never have a public-facing career because I feel what I did will come back to haunt me. However, I don't feel it would be appropriate to apologize to the people I harmed for a number of reasons, so I really struggle to know how to resolve these feelings. Sorry for the heavy question. I appreciate you taking the time to read it. Hello, love. First of all, do not apologize for a heavy question. This is a podcast for heavy questions. We do heavy here. We can like do light too, but we are definitely heavy as welcome. Bring it all on. Um, I so appreciate this question because it's never easy to talk about the mistakes you have made or regrets that you have, no matter what the reason was for them. I too sometimes feel a cringe of shame and embarrassment when I remember something I said or did at a time where I was caught up in my wounds and unable to do anything but lash out. For a bit of solidarity, before I answer your question directly, I will share one example of one of those mistakes from my past. I had been dating someone for a few years at the time, and many of our relationship patterns were quite toxic. We'd fight a lot, especially when we were drinking heavily. Um... I had a lot of anger towards this person because they had done things that were incredibly hurtful to me and I didn't have a healthy outlet for that or a way of processing that. I had a lot of unresolved trauma and I had yet to find a healthy outlet for that anger from even before meeting them and the pain that I carried with me. One day, my partner and I woke up to find out that one of their very good friends had passed away. And I was friends with this person as well, but we were not as close. The person that passed away was young. So it was a sudden and uh, total shock that this happened. 
Later that week, we attended a memorial service and then a kind of celebration of life that was at a bar in NYC with a bunch of my partner's friends who were also mourning the loss of this very special person. And it was a sad time and my partner was really struggling. Everyone around us was drinking very heavily, including me as was my usual MO at the time. And at some point I got upset at my partner at the event and I don't even remember why. It was probably something that we had fought about countless times before, which was really a mask for a deeper hurt, but we were unable to be really conscious of of that, lacking that self-awareness. But rather having the wherewithal to consider the circumstances of where we were and why we were at this memorial, I got all in a huff and I started lashing out at my partner, despite them really trying to communicate to me that this was not the time to be having this discussion. Still mad, I then took a couple big puffs of a blunt that was being passed around. And so I got so inebriated that I could barely walk. Um, We then had to leave the memorial early because there was no way I could get myself home on my own. And many people there witnessed my behavior, me lashing out from picking a fight to being wasted, to lashing out, to then having to have my partner help me go home. So my partner felt like they didn't get to properly mourn the loss of their friend, and it was incredibly heartbreaking for them. Still afterwards, I failed to really own up to my behavior. So yeah, I wanted to share this example, even though it's not quite the same, but it's a memory that if I choose to, I I can really put me into a shame spiral because I feel guilty and shameful about having hurt my partner at that time, even and, and embarrassing myself too, and it being on public display, even though I was deeply wounded, even though I did have trauma, even though I she had done things to me that were incredibly hurtful that had led up to a buildup and buildup of anger. Still I I look back at that and wish that I hadn't have handled myself that way. So how do we move past these things? How do we forgive ourselves? Our higher self is a part of us that knows we are whole and enough just for being who we are. We have been raised, however, in a culture of learned hierarchical beliefs, or LHBs. These are the beliefs we pick up from our environment and experiences and trauma that convince us that some people have more inherent value than others. And the result is a society that is very unhealed, a society where people do not know their worth and attempt to empower themselves or climb up the illusionary hierarchy by hurting others. And that is how trauma perpetuates. And so when you were confronted with people who were not acknowledging your pain, who didn't believe you, who were trying to diminish you, you felt diminished, you felt lowered, you felt just as powerless as you had felt when you were assaulted. And so you needed at the time to defend your survival, your quote unquote lashing out at them or or wanting revenge 
and wanting to to hurt them because you were hurt at the time was your only way of coping with the pain and the powerlessness. And it was your way of trying to get yourself into a place where you could survive and be okay. And I want you to know that you were doing the best with what you had access to. You were just trying to cope in a situation that you should not have been in in the first place. And the same part of you that shames yourself for having made those mistakes is that same voice of powerlessness that is still trying to put you down. When we go through a really difficult trauma, the message underneath that is that we are undeserving of love and acceptance and care and safety. But the form of that LHB can change. So it could be, I'm undeserving of this because I was treated this way or I was hurt this way or somebody treated me this way to, oh, I'm undeserving of love and acceptance because I lashed out or because I made a mistake or because I didn't have a better coping strategy. So do you see how insidious LHBs can be? They change form, but they all basically come from the same fundamental illusion that there's something wrong with us. There always has to be something wrong with us. And so I understand feeling like, ugh, I wish I hadn't have done that. Well, babe, you did the best that you could at the time with what you were able to, to do, and you deserve grace for that. Right now, your lesson is to stop putting yourself down for it because you don't deserve to be put down, whether that's by other people or by yourself. And I am right there with you. I know those thoughts that can come into your head when you feel that shame, but that voice of shame, that isn't real. It's not good for you. That is not your higher self. And so when those thoughts come in, you need to remind yourself, no, I'm worthy of love and acceptance. I did the best that I could. And here's the thing. I get feeling fearful of people finding out about something and judging you about it. But everybody has made mistakes. Everybody has wounds. Everybody has acted out of their wounds. And if somebody is trying to pretend like they have never done anything like that, um, well, maybe this isn't somebody that you really have a compatibility with anywhere or is really going to fully understand your experience and that's okay. But I guarantee a lot of people listening right now know exactly that feeling I do. And it's really powerful when you can sit there and be like, yeah, I did this when I didn't know better. And now I do. I mean, that's what being a human being is. We live in an incredibly toxic culture to expect us to never fuck up or to like struggle with processing our trauma. I mean, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally a standard that is completely unrealistic. So I just want you to know that you're doing great and you should be really proud of yourself for the healing that you've already done despite everything. And this next step in your healing is about 
giving yourself grace for that time. And being courageous about your story helps other people feel seen as well. You are under no obligation to tell people about a certain thing, but if if you're worried to not do your higher purpose in this world or whatever it is you feel called to do or inspired to do because you're afraid of this, just as somebody who is public and understands that pressure, one of the most refreshing things I think is when people are really honest about, yeah, I fucked up or yeah, I was going through this and I was responding out of my wounds and, you know, just to be real. So there's a lot, a lot of people are afraid to be that real and to admit that kind of stuff, you know, because shame keeps them from doing the honest, vulnerable thing. But that's all we do over here on this podcast. (laughs) We just talk about all the stuff, right? And I really just want to say that you sharing your question here is incredibly helpful to other people as well. I mean, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have the memories of something. When we think about it, we're like, oof, man. And we can really go so hard on ourselves about it. But we've been raised in a really toxic culture. And we were not taught how to love ourselves. We were not taught how to treat people not from our wounds. I mean, we weren't even taught about what wounding really is. So we're having to figure all of this stuff out as we go. We really need to give ourselves a lot of grace about it. Right, babe? I'm sending you so much love. Take care. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self and everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Okay, next question. Subject, situationship, sanity. Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for your podcast. I really appreciate it in my life, and I know that so many others do as well. I have a question regarding situationships. I started hooking up with this person a year ago. We recently started to admit that we have feelings for each other and hanging out more often. Last year, we would hook up every three months or so. Now we're seeing each other one to three times a week, sometimes more. They just went through a big breakup in March with someone they dated for four years. They also lost their housing with this breakup and were couch surfing for a few months. They finally have their own apartment, which is a great thing. I know I have feelings for them and a lot of people say that I should make a timeline for getting into a relationship with this person. But in my head, even though I would eventually want a relationship, I know they have so much going on and I want them to be settled in themselves 
and their life before having that conversation? How long do you think it's okay before bringing up these conversations? We started hanging out more frequently two months ago. Hi, love. You know, when I read your question, one of the things that stuck out to me was this idea that you weren't already in a relationship where you see them quite frequently. So I guess I'm trying to acknowledge the difference between behaving like you're in a relationship and actually labeling it that way or talking about it openly. Sometimes physical intimacy feels a lot less vulnerable than talking about your feelings because when you talk about your feelings or you talk about what this situationship is, you have to honestly state your needs or your desires And that is really hard, especially if you're used to putting other people's needs ahead of your own or feeling responsible for them or not wanting to feel vulnerable about your honest feelings. That's probably why it's not uncommon for people to claim they're not looking for a serious relationship while at the same time spending a majority of their social time with one person, making it hard to be energetically and logistically available to seeing anyone else. I'm not saying that you're looking for a serious relationship. I'm saying that it's it's kind of common nowadays for people to do that, behave one way and then just not talk about it or not acknowledge it or not label it something. And it still doesn't change how how actually serious the relationship is getting. Although I totally understand wanting to take things slow, I also think that if that is what you are doing, then it also applies to your behavior, not just the label you put on it. Because No matter what you choose to not talk about, when you spend the night with someone three nights a week or more, it's very unlikely that your closeness will not organically grow. You will feel more attached even if it's just because you're used to spending more time together now. So even if this conversation doesn't happen now, I think it's important for you to ask yourself, what is it that you need from this person? What is it that you want? If this person isn't quote unquote ready for a new phase of the relationship, then why have the parameters of the relationship changed? Is this a change that is emotionally safe for you if they don't have the same feelings for you or are unwilling to talk about it? If they're still figuring things out, is seeing them so frequently giving you the space to devote time to intimacy with other people? I think our patriarchal culture has ingrained in us to think that wanting to have a conversation is being too needy. I mean, so what, our needs aren't important? I actually think that if you enter a conversation believing that everyone's needs are valid and get clarity as to where everyone is at terms of their needs, you create a much safer container to be yourself and for self-acceptance. And to have fun with someone. I feel like I've seen lots of TV shows and movies where it's some guy rolling his eyes about a woman he's dating wanting to talk about the relationship like there's something wrong with transparency. I mean, that is so toxic. Again, I am all for clarity. Wanting clarity isn't trying to control anyone's choices. It's having enough information so that you can make your 
own choices that are right for you. No matter what the commitment level in a relationship, boundaries help us stay emotionally safe. But it's hard to know what boundaries are right for you when you're unsure what the terrain is. You're obviously a very caring person. And you don't want to put pressure on somebody who is going through a difficult time. But I also think that having clarity about what's going on is actually more safe for both people involved. That way you have an idea of what's going on in their mind. They have an idea of what's working for you and what's not. And then When you do spend time together, you can understand the container in which you can grow. Your needs, your boundaries, your desires, your clarity, your understanding is just as valid as this other person's, no matter who's coming out of a breakup or not. Because even if this person doesn't feel like they're sure what type of relationship they want with you, Their behavior is reflective of a more serious relationship than what is currently being discussed. And so I can easily understand how that might feel discombobulating to you, is my point. All right, babe. So take care of yourself. You're important. Relationships are about two people not just one. And I'm wishing you and your friend all the best. Take care. Oh, situationships. <laughs> They're not easy to navigate. And it's funny when we talk about our needs, especially in relationships or especially when it comes to somebody we really like or somebody we're dating or somebody where we really want the relationship to to work out and you kind of have on one hand this need for clarity or for understanding or for knowing what to expect or some sense of predictability. But then on the other hand, you're like, I don't want to push them too much. I don't want to put too much pressure on them. I don't want to seem too needy. So I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to wait around and see. And then more and more time goes by and you get more anxious about it and perhaps maybe even feel hurt because you have one kind of expectation that didn't necessarily work out. And when we're in those situations, what I found helpful is to really think about what is it that my higher self needs in this situation? Because on one hand, part of you really thinks you need this person to like you. You need this person to be with you because you like them. But when we ask our higher self what our needs are, a lot of times it's much deeper than that. We need to feel like our needs are valid. We need to feel like we're good enough. We need to love and accept ourselves. We need to give ourselves a lot of compassion and understanding. We need to have compassion and understanding conversations and relationships. We need to have honesty. So sometimes our desire to make something work out or for somebody to like us 
can blind us from what maybe our deeper needs are, which are to be ourselves, to be authentic, to feel um, seen, to feel heard, to have boundaries to protect our emotional well-being. Dating is not easy to navigate. Relationships are not easy to navigate. But knowing that your higher self has a certain set of needs for you does not mean that you're negating anybody else's. So say, for example, you needed something from a partner or somebody that you were dating. Say it's more clarity or something or more honest communication or um, clearer boundaries, but you're afraid to say these needs because you're afraid that it's going to like scare them off or maybe it's going to feel uncomfortable for the person. But when you tell somebody your needs, you're not saying, hey, I need this. And by the way, that's more important than whatever it is you need. And we need to do it this way or else see you later. No, it's saying, hey, this is what works for me in a relationship. And this is my comfort level. And what works for you? And what's your comfort level? And how can we have an understanding with each other and accept each other's comfort levels and accept each other's boundaries? And that's a really good indicator of whether or not there's compatibility there. Not that you're exactly the same, but that you're actually able to have that kind of dialogue. And that's the that's how you build intimacy. This isn't about ultimatums, although sometimes you might find yourself in those situations where it's just not working. This is about accepting your whole self and accepting the other person's whole self and coming together and growing something together from that. I mean, that's really what love is. So you have to really acknowledge what is the type of relationship that is going to help me stay connected to my higher self? What is a person that's going to see me in my higher self and love my higher self and encourage my higher self? And how can I do that for the other person as well? And so, yeah, I think that even in these casual situationships, we can treat each other with our higher selves. Doesn't mean it even has to be this big serious thing where somebody's crying or something like that. No, not at all. It's really just about being, it can even be lighthearted. It can even be like, look, you know, this type of way that we've been doing this is is actually difficult for me, I, you know, because of this or this or this. Or I was in a relationship before where... I didn't know exactly where that person was all the time. I kind of created a situation. So I like to have my plans clear a little bit more in advance or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be this really, really hard thing. Most people now understand that we carry a lot of things with us. We have pasts, we have feelings, we have vulnerabilities. And hopefully, if you're out there dating, especially if you're somebody who listens to this podcast, um, you'd hopefully find somebody that can kind of empathize with that kind of stuff and is on a similar path and is familiar with that kind of dialogue. That's just my two cents about situationships. You can have very open boundaries and at the same time have clear communication is my point. All right? So... Let's think about what our higher self needs are when we're approaching stuff, when we're trying to decide what's best for us. What would our higher self want us to do? So I thought in light of that, for this week's higher self mantra, 
My higher self's needs are my priority. I'll say that again. My higher self's needs are my priority. What does that mean? My higher self's needs are my priority. It means that what my higher self is guiding me towards, what my higher self knows is good for me, what my higher self wants me to see or have a change in perspective, what my higher self thinks is like the right path for me, that that's my priority, finding that, discovering that, following that guidance, following those needs, advocating for what my higher self needs. My higher self's needs are my priority. (laughs) I hope that that mantra is helpful for you this week. If you're coming up with an obstacle or you're not sure, should I do this or not? What does my higher self want here? Let me prioritize that here. Which basically just means what is my self-acceptance needing here? Or what is my wholeness needing here? Or what does my healing need here? What is in the long term right for me? Because a lot of times our higher self needs are way more long-term focus than short-term gratification. But they always come from a sense of compassion and self-acceptance for wherever you are in your journey and whatever is going to be supportive of your continued awakening to your power. And sometimes we don't exactly know what it is our higher self needs in a certain moment, but that's why we do things like, okay, letting it kind of just process, taking our time, journaling about it, asking ourselves what is the loving thing to do in this situation, what's going to be best for me. Sometimes it takes time to get clarity on that, but even if it takes time to know exactly what those needs look like, what we're doing with this affirmation is saying, my higher self's needs are my priority. And that is how I run my life and my relationships and all my pursuits. All right. Yay. New mantra for the week. I love it. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Remember to please, please sign up as a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash self, and you can get ad-free episodes plus early access, one week early access to all of our regular episodes and some bonus episodes with me and my spouse talking about relationship stuff from the higher self perspective and doing a more deep dive on the topics that we discuss in the regular episodes. And also you can sign up as an Apple subscriber and get access to all of that bonus content well as well if you listen on the Apple podcast app. Remember that the way that we sustain this podcast is if the audience grows And in order for that to happen, you got to help spread the word by rating and reviewing and helping the podcast algorithm so more reviewers will see this as an option to listening to. We really believe in this message. I really believe in this message. And I think a lot of people really, really need it just like we do, just like I do. 
And I need your help and your support in bringing this higher self message to the world and to affirm everybody's self-worth and to help people awaken to their inherent value. There is nothing more important than that right now. I really don't think there's anything more important than us realizing how valuable we are and how valuable everybody else is. And from that perspective is when we really change the world. Okay, I love you and so does your higher self. I will see you next week. Take care. Bye. If you have a question that you would like to be featured on the podcast, you can write us an email or record a voice memo and send it to xohigherself at gmail.com. For bonus content, including early access to weekly episodes, ad-free episodes, and bonus episodes, be sure to sign up on our Patreon as a subscriber at patreon.com slash xohigherself. Or if you listen to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app, you can easily sign up as an Apple subscriber on our show page and get access to that same bonus content. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is recorded in Kingston, New York and produced by Kara Gilvey and me, Bunny Michael. Original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.